Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing with Confidence. I'm so excited today to be joined by Alex Mills. Hi, Alex. Hello. How are you? Good, thank you. Look, to kick off, can you tell everybody a bit about yourself and how you came to carve out your space as the social media strategist and influencer expert? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I am um, a little bit about me. I'm from a small town um, called Ipswich in the southeast of England, as you might be able to tell by the accent. <laughs> um, but I live in the inner west of Sydney, having escaped the clutches of the <laughs> expat stereotype that is the eastern suburbs. And- <laughs> you moved out of Coogee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always called it the holy trinity. You're, you're, you're English and you're either in recruitment or marketing. And you're like, you're in Bondi or Coogee. Coogee. <laughs> so, so yeah, but um, yeah, and so I've been here for the last seven years, um, moved out on, you know, with not as a backpacker, but I did move out here with nothing more than a laptop, a few contacts and a suitcase with Amazing. the idea of building something for myself in Australia and challenge myself in the new market. Um, having, I suppose, got a little bit over the London rat race and wanting to yeah. try something a bit different. But in terms of becoming a social media strategist and an influencer, um, an influencer person, that was something I fell into, if I'm honest. Yeah. I didn't, it's not really something that you study. It's not like there is influencer university. No, right? not in our time. I mean, I'm, I think I'm older than you, but not in our time anyway. You know, perhaps in the next decade, there'll be, you know, diploma of influencer marketing, but not in our time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. So it was really, um, I graduated uni as a music fan who wanted to either be a rock star for Kerrang! magazine or (laughs) present a radio show or something like that. So what happens was I actually started out working um, as a content manager for music download and streaming services. Nice. So very different to, to this sort of thing. At the time, you know, social media was not much more than MySpace, Facebook, and um, don't even think Twitter had launched yet. um, Yeah. So, but but it was content marketing. It was the yeah. content. Either you were a journalist or you were a content manager or editorial manager for some sort of content offering, whether yeah. that's music, whether that's whatever it is. And um, and that was kind of the start of my career. And I spent a few years doing that um, in various iterations for different services, for different um, types of products across mobile, across web, across games console even. Wow. Um, And as I kind of continued to progress in that way, um, music being my first love, um, but I realized that as a profession, there was potentially a bit of a glass ceiling and I got more interested in wider digital and content marketing. So that's when I got um, eventually um, went into more of a traditional digital marketing role, having done a digital marketing um, postgraduate diploma. And from there, I was torn between this kind of wanting to expand my career and get more experience, but missing the creativity. Yeah. 
and the passion that I got from music. So moved to Australia, and that's when I went agency side um, yeah. agencies that specialized in social media. And by this point, I had some basic social experience in terms of producing video content, optimized for platforms. Mm. Marketing was still quite new at that stage. Yeah. Um, and so it was just learning on the job, really. Yeah. Coming in and taking on certain clients. Um, when I first moved here, I was very focused on Optus. And so that was a mixture of managing their always on social media for both the main brand and then for Optus Sport, covering all of the football, which is my other big passion. <laughs> and naturally through there, we started to get more opportunities to work with influencers yeah. either or to supplement hero campaign activity with, let's say, partnerships with Usain Bolt and Ian Thorpe. And it's like, wow. well, let's pick out some influencers that can supplement some of this activity and reach those um, different audiences they have. For example, there'd be some campaigns where we'd be working with parenting bloggers and that sort of thing, or yeah. more sports fans for up to sport. Um, and then moving to my next role where I ended up looking after Adobe for many years. Oh, I think wow. that's yeah that's why I really started to hone in on influencer marketing as kind of my niche because a lot of what Adobe did was working with content creators either photographers or illustrators or yeah. graphic designers with a clothing label whatever it is to unpack how they use the software and so I ran a program with them for many years and it's just been applying that learning really yeah. there isn't a course on how mm -hmm. to do influence marketing, but I, I do have a bit of a checklist myself that I, you know, use and I give to my clients. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and that's basically it. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, and I think, uh, you know, living through that evolution, like you've you've built your knowledge and your skill set as that whole sector has evolved. You know, it's been such an organic evolution. Um, and we've seen it go through so, so many different iterations of what it looks like. And, and, you know, the opportunity to grow alongside of that is, um, is quite fortuitous. Exactly. Exactly. If you go back, say 10 years ago, Viners, mm. it was Viners yeah. <laughs> essentially. And it's funny. There's a couple of, um, content creators that I, you know, follow as a fan mm. who, do a podcast now and they have a YouTube, you know, they have a YouTube presence, but they started off as Viners. But, yeah, you know, there, there is that natural evolution. And yeah, 10 years ago, it was people on Vine and then YouTubers were starting to come yeah. up. And we've seen the evolution become quite focused on the Instagram niche. Yeah. Then there's TikTok, then there's been Twitch as well. And that's very yeah. much more, you know, there's what I love is there is, um, yeah, there are so many different kind of niches or, or um, sub communities within yeah. the space, which has been the thing I've found most exciting about the evolution of of influencer marketing in that regard, and just the influencer space in general. We've yeah. seen a real dramatic shift in the types of personalities that are becoming influencers. Yeah, um, so true as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was sort of a really sort of um, I don't know. I want to say elitist, you know, elitist curated. Uh, you know, range of faces that that gravitated towards I should be an influencer or I could turn this into influencing where I think now there's a broader representation and there's a lot of um, like niche influencers and, you know, more interesting and diverse people that can be worked with as well. 
That's exactly it. And you'll find a lot of people that didn't, that have become, and it's a strange one where, because we're, we're saying influencers, but I think a lot of influencers would say, just call me a content creator. Yeah, like, 100%. There's yeah. been a shift in that as well. Yeah, you're, you're so, you're so right. And I think in some ways, it's almost like them owning the active of it, you know, mm. whereas before it was, I do this and it should influence. Now it's sort of like, well, I create content. I have a, tangible role I've you know it's that um realization of how to add value and how to communicate your value on exactly exactly and I think a hell of a lot of them these days are yeah they they, they started creating content for their own amusement and their own entertainment and it yeah. grew, grew, grew yeah. and this is now this is now my career yeah Fantastic. Well, look, I'm going to ask you a few more questions about about you and your behind the scenes. So I know um, through our relationship that you've, you know, you've taken your, I guess, corporate career and moved into the freelancing and business owner space, which, um, you know, is always fascinating. And, and a lot of people that listen to this podcast are business owners and as CEOs of their businesses. So I'd love to know that shift for you, how you've learned to balance working on your business and, and working in your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm still learning. If your audience has any tips, then I'd hate it because, yeah, and that's the thing. So what, what I do with my business and my freelancing is I will work with some agencies yeah. part-time basis and then I will work with my own, you know, on my own business with my own clients who are yeah. generally smaller, smaller companies that can't afford an agency, yeah. don't necessarily need an agency. They just need a consultant like myself to come in and help them. So I think it's, it's I'm still fairly new in my journey, but I think the main thing I've known, that I've learned in terms of working on work versus working in is splitting that time up so yeah. that I can't, if I'm going to go and meet someone for a speculative coffee, let's say it's to meet a videographer because I'm looking to expand where I get more high-end video content creation um, yeah. opportunities. I film a lot of reels myself, but if you need something that's a little bit more high-end for for um, YouTube, I'd want to work with someone behind Yeah, that. for sure. Like that, or meeting other small businesses, business owners, whatever it is, I can't do that, like do meeting days and travel into the city and meet someone for coffee and then come home and be like, right, I'm going to work. Like by this point, I'm in social mode. Mm. I can't get down and focus. Whereas when I'm working on the business, whether that's, you know, accounting, whether that's <laughs> producing my marketing materials, I need to just be focused on that. So I think it yeah. really is about scheduling, scheduling those days um, and trying to break it down and not make it too overwhelming in the sense yeah. that. It took me a long time to get over the fear of zero and of all the finance, <laughs> accounting stuff. Um, and, and, and I figured out a few systems and processes to, to break some of that up and make it feel a little bit less overwhelming rather than I don't necessarily do a day of finance, but yeah. schedule kind of a couple of hours of finance before moving on to something like filming reels for my Instagram. Something that lights you up, something that's a little bit more inspiring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And then what about morning habits? We hear so much about, um, you know, how people start their day really sets them up for success. Do you have any morning habits that, that you uh, attribute to, you know, getting getting up and out? 
No, no, nothing, nothing completely revolutionary. I mean, I do gratitude journaling. I should do it every day. I try and do it most mornings. And I know that when I stopped doing it for a little while, I actually noticed a real yeah. kind of shift. Whereas every morning, got my little journal and I'll write down the things that I'm happy and grateful for and appreciative about um, whilst I'm whilst I'm checking the overnight news that's happened in, you know, <laughs> back in, back in, see how my English football team did and that sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, with a coffee, but you know, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. But I think when it comes to general work, I do not, oh, how should I rephrase this? I do not subscribe to the concept of eating the frog. Other people might do, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. In terms of setting myself up for success, I really like to get a few little quick wins and done quickly. Some people love to be like, right, I'm going to take on the biggest, most overwhelming thing of the day. That's not me. What I like to do is get online earlier than most people. Um, yeah. You know, rather than get into the office or be on my desk at nine, I like to get a few little things done early whilst I'm yeah. getting ready, just so I've got a little bit of momentum carrying me through the day. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm an eat the frog sort of person. I need to warm up. Need to warm I, up for that big thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely right. It's warming up. It's building yeah. momentum. And that, and that could be something as simple as like having drafted up a couple of emails before yeah. signing the day before and just being like, all right, get them done. And it's like, cool. I've yeah. done a couple of things. It just means that maybe there's just something in the psychological um, component of ticking things off the to-do yeah. list. And you can yeah. fully all right, cool. I've already, it's not even 9.30 and I've already achieved these things. Now yeah. it's time to pick up that frog and, and dig in. <laughs> You're speaking my language because people know I love to tick things off lists. That's one of yeah. my pleasures. And even setting up the list with easy wins so that there's some great things to tick off straight off the bat is, is very yeah. much, you know, very much motivates me on a Monday. I'm like, easy wins. Oh, I can tick that off, you know, in the first half hour. So, no, I can really, really relate to that. Well, that's awesome. I think it gives us a good insight into you and, you know, your uh, emerging business and, and how you're tackling that. So let's get into influencer marketing. So why do you think business owners need to pay attention to influencer marketing right now? Well, I think there's a number of reasons. And I came up with a a concept that I call the four C's, Um and, you know, as I started to get more and more down this route, because, you know, those four C's are like, number one is content at scale. Because mm. let's say you work with an influencer and they will film a video and create a few photos. Yeah. Inside. You've got you've essentially got them to do, let's say, two posts, just for the sake of argument, two posts that come from their profile. And if you've got the usage rights, you can use them on, the, on your yeah. profile. Well. So that's essentially like four pieces of content or not, yeah. you know, four things that's happening in the social media world that gives you that um, that extra element as opposed to just you going and, and creating something yourself and then you've just got that that there. So, yeah, there is that content scalability because – it leads into the next one of cost efficiency. Mm. You know, there is a bit of a misconception where companies will say we don't really have the budget to work with influencers. But I think that's actually one of the more cost efficient ways to do yeah. it. You you can work with 
a really talented creator that can produce good video content, that's probably going to be cheaper than hiring a yeah. video company. Yeah, absolutely. And then from there, what you can do is, let's say you want to work with creators that can shoot some videos um, to promote your business. You can then focus that video production budget on something else that you can do internally. So yeah. let's say you have graphic design team. You can be like, well, now we can focus our internal resources on mm. doing more blog content, doing stuff that the influencers can't necessarily do, yeah. like yeah. or whatever it is. So so it kind of matches up because then if you work with a few micro influencers, yeah. then there is both that content at scale and that cost efficiency because you've got more content out there at a, at a cheaper budget than yeah. Hiring a video production team. Um, I am in the video production space, so it's something that I do. Yeah. Love, so I'm not going to discredit that. I just thinking, thinking um, pragmatically. Yeah. You know, certain scenarios. I'm like, it's probably better to just do a influencer campaign with a few names. Then you've got that extra longevity as well, because you could launch with influencer A on the first of May, influencer B on the fifteenth of May, and it just yeah. drags out a bit longer. So. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the first two. And then the, the third is it's it's um community or connection or community connection. Um, <laughs> so not only because your business, you have your audience, you need to reach new audience. It's quite natural that work with influencer with engaged audience sitting hmm. over there, you are connecting with that audience. But also let's say you're a you're a you're a gelato company or you're a smoothie company, right? What's your target audience? Kind of everyone, because who doesn't? <laughs> stuff, you know? Whether you are a um, high school student, whether you are a Gen Z, whether you are a retired couple wanting yeah. to start on your morning walk, like there are so many different opportunities. But then your messaging might need to be a little bit different. So the beauty of working with influencers is you can pick influencers that have a very specific demographic. And they can do, they can tailor the message of what you want to communicate. Because yeah. you might have a product that can appeal to everyone, but it can appeal to people for different reasons. And so you would have to create lots of different creative to yeah. get the message to the right people. Whereas you can work with influencers where you're like, well, we need to be hitting parents in Northern beaches. Yeah. Create a relatable audience there. So, yeah, that's that. And then it just gives you that extra credibility. There are some stats um, that explain that people are less receptive to dis traditional advertising, whereas word of mouth recommendations, um, you know, um, word of mouth recommendations from people that they know and trust yeah. is much more is going to stand yeah. much valuable for advocacy. Advocacy, yeah. And the thing is, yes, people will still know that it's a paid ad because yeah. they have to disclose um, that it that the influencer does have to disclose it. Yeah. But they're not going to partner with a brand that they don't like. So Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then the final one is creativity um, because they know the trends. They are content creators. They know what's going to work well with their audience. They know what's um, They know what's popping on the platforms and that sort of thing. So it means that you can work with them on a fun, creative idea or fun, yeah. creative to promote your brand without necessarily having to work with a creative director to go down that route. Um, you know, if you if you have a, if you're time poor and you want to do some fun challenge with someone to promote your brand, they're going to be able to do that. So I, I think there are so many there are so many reasons. And it's funny because when I did start out in social media and advertising, Sometimes I always felt like it was almost cheating a little bit by working with <laughs> yeah. 
were like, no, I want to be working with the strategist and the creative director and we'll come up with an amazing, an amazing um, campaign idea. Yeah. And it's been a real shift from in my thinking because whilst it's obviously always wonderful to do that sort of thing, sometimes, you know, a lot of the times when I work with companies and they want to do an influencer campaign, it's because they just want a short burst of activity. Yeah. They've got leftover budget this financial quarter or they're launching a new product and they just want to do something quickly and this yeah. is going to be the most effective way to do it. Yeah. Amazing. I think I love your 4C model. I love that you've developed, a, you know, a foundational model as well. And I think, you know, you're covering off for a lot of really good key points. And I think the accessibility, it's almost, like you're right, it's like hacking the system. It's like hacking the advocacy system instead of mm. going out there, paying more to do the hard yards you're you're shortcutting by finding the person that already has the community you know has the skills has has all these great things in play has the four c's in place and yeah. can essentially push your brand forward so much quicker yeah yeah exactly exactly and that's um you know there are there are a number of self-service tools and platforms as well that can make it quite a lot more time um time efficient you mm. know in terms of because that can be, you know, it can be quite a, um, a lengthy process in terms of researching, finding yeah. out who the people are. But there are increasingly more and more self-service platforms, which I always recommend for small businesses. Yeah, because you can put a brief out to the to the platform and just put it into the into into the system, and then yeah. interested creators apply. So already the negotiation and the back and forth is is um no longer part. You know, it's no longer yeah. in. It's just Okay, who's interested? I like the look of them. I don't like the look of them. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that sounds like a really good tip. What other tips do you have? Yeah. What are what other tips? I think I think the main tips, the most fundamental, important thing that I'd recommend to any business owner before they start is to get really clear on what their objective is first. Mm -hmm. Obviously, everyone's probably sat there thinking, "Why?" to sell more products or drive more customers or whatever but but just think well how what what are the steps we need to take to get to that point first yeah is it awareness is it education and changing people's perceptions of of your product or your brand is it is it is it um driving trial of a product is it is it is it driving conversions think hard about that first and foremost because the types of influencers and the types of briefs that you need to give them is going to change because let's say you are just about driving mass awareness hmm. then, then you can start thinking well let's just try and pick people with the largest reach possible but yeah. give them a fairly simple task or brief to promote us so hopefully then they might not necessarily charge as much because they're not having to put as much work in so we can work more people hmm. supplement a bit of that with with paid with paid media behind that but if it's say something like changing perception or education then you're going to need to work with creators that are more storytellers yeah. that can really talk about the way your product works yeah. and also that maybe maybe the size of their following isn't as important yeah how engaged their audience is so that you can get them to create the kind of content that is going to educate or change perception and if you really want that extra awareness but again just just agree with them that you can put some um boosting media spend behind it and that way you can do more of the reach so just think hard about that before yeah. you start reaching out to them and then you know some other some other micro tips in, in that regard is um be aware of the rules and regulations in your industry um you have 
have to always make sure that they clearly disclose that it is yeah. an ad and you can get really severely punished if you mm. mislead in any way. There are certain rules and regulations when it comes to therapeutic goods, yes. alcohol, caffeine, which will be yeah. fair standard stuff that you should probably already be across in the <laughs> owner in that space. Um, and make, I suppose, you know, they are, they are people. A lot of them might come from a marketing background. They might not. So just don't, don't necessarily, um, use company jargon. Yeah. Um, then the right amount of background and context about your company, but make them as excited about your brand as, yeah. as you are. And so I always think, you know, there's a, when it comes to briefing background and context of the company, a little bit about the campaign that you're wanting to do, what yeah. their all comes in, mandatory do's and don'ts. But then, you know, pick up the phone and talk to them, try and establish a bit more of a personal relationship with them as well. Yeah. If you if you can build more of that personal relationship, you might work with them again in the future. And what I've done with some brands is when I know that they're reliable and they get along well with the brand, they'll eventually, you know, nail the brief in a much faster time period. Yeah. They might their rates i wouldn't say don't work with the same person over and over again because you'll saturate one another yeah but as you start to get more you know comfortable and confident in the influencer space you might start to find that you've got a little pool or a little family yeah, favorites <laughs> yeah. you might you might know, work with them once a once a year twice a year and yeah. you build up this little family so yeah those those would be my main tips fantastic and then i guess you know an area of concern or, you know, criticism is that accountability or that return on investment. Uh, you know, often I think business owners, I, I, again, I think this talks to the journey of influencer to content creator as well. You know, back in the past, there was a lot of, well, I sent my products out to all these people and, you know, she took my product and then she only did this or she didn't do anything. And, you know, I also think that's around the parameters that people set up going into those relationships. But, you know, what what impacts can we measure? You know, what should we be looking for to deem that activity successful and worthy of, you know, as you said, having a longer relationship or, you know, yeah. having met our objectives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good question. And did, I suppose that's, um, you know, is an interesting point you mentioned about, oh, I sent this out to them and didn't yeah. really from them. And it's just a bit like, well, yeah, no, like you, you, you're not really like, talk to them explain what you're trying to achieve yeah you know outline what you'd like them to do that's beyond just an unboxing which just uh, who's not i, I know. know what what impact is that possibly going to have on anybody's you know, life it's much better if they work with you to think well what my audience really enjoys it when i do x then that could yeah. be a get ready with me tutorial that could just be like a fun like sketch so let's try and find a natural way to weave in our product with that. I think why, well, you know, Swag on the Beat are a fantastic um, example of content creators that they're, they're a comedy trio, but whenever yeah. they work with brands, they find a perfect way to make the brand part of that sketch without it feeling like an obvious oh, wow. Yeah, getting a, digressing a little bit. But I think it goes <laughs> to, uh, in terms of measuring the impact. It's well thinking what is what is the objective first? And, you know, there isn't anything wrong with having impact being awareness in terms of reach of your brand and in terms of how many views the video's got but i would mm. say the most the most the best way to drive a little bit more return on investment is yeah think hard about what it is that you're asking them to do 
and try yeah. and find ways to draw that back to something like getting people to your website or getting yeah. people to um, sign up to an offer. Because that way you could be, you could work with the creators, give them a brief, create, encourage them to um, to drive people to your website. Maybe you could build like a campaign landing page with mm. them. But it has something to send people to. So there isn't just this one-off thing and that's it. But I also think, you know, let's say you are, you're small on your journey and you are just wanting to increase your amount of activity online. Mm. There's something to be said for, you, you know, before you are just, doing a few Instagram posts here and there, or you were looking to create a TikTok page, but you haven't really had the bandwidth or capacity. By working with influencers, you are increasing your output yeah. in, in the market. That's that's something for you. And yeah. if you can use those influencers to help drive more followers towards you, then yeah. also another that's also another um, element of impact in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's there's a number of different ways, but it comes back to fundamentally having that objective first, yeah. just sending stuff out to them and <laughs> hoping to get a shout out. Absolutely, and I think it's that it's the terms of engagement. It's your business also being really clear about what you want from the beginning as well, and and then how you continue, you know, how you build that relationship also helps how you can then measure it. Exactly, and I'll just you know for. Tangible examples. We'll go back to Adobe. You know, when we're yeah. when with creators, there'd always be this component of we're wanting to drive product usage or product trial. So what we want you to do is create an amazing piece of art that show how that was made. Yeah, so, amazing. Well, and that can involve something as simple as a time lapse that shows the artwork going from blank canvas to appearing, or yeah. it could be I'm going to create a video tutorial showing the steps. You know, and and then driving to the um, driving to adobe.com, people would sign up and partake in a free trial. Yeah. Or it could be for Spotify, we're working with influencers to promote a certain um, list of playlists of Spotify curated playlists. So we'd work with the influencers and be like, well, what, what, what seems more natural to you? And so one would be like, I like the pop hits, I like the rock hits or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'd create a sketch that's, you know, using that music with theme. So one was doing like grungy festival outfits. Yeah. And the other was more pop, you know, as a parenting influencer doing pop playlists with them, driving to those, driving to those playlists. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Awareness and advocacy for, for that brand of playlists. But in a really authentic way. And I think that's the thing as well, isn't it? Like it has to feel authentic. It can't feel like this is, you know, yes, we know it's paid promotion, but it mm. can't feel like this person's reading off a script of deliverables. And, you know, it's when you see um, there's a few accounts that kind of post, you know, influencer fails. And it's like when they've posted the caption that says, oh, hey, doll, just make sure you say yeah. this. Oh, in the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Um, and, and again, it comes back to, I suppose, that's where getting clear on the objectives and taking them on a journey, getting them excited. Because what you'll find is, let's say, if you don't brief them well and brief them properly and yeah. you're underwhelmed with what you come back with, but you've entered agreements, so hopefully they'll be able to do the right revisions and amends. But you'll always find that it slightly gets watered down and watered down and watered down. So let's say let's say you, 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 brief, you brief creator, they, they, they shoot something and it comes back and you're like, oh, uh, um, we don't like the fact that you're wearing a big Nike, you know, Nike. Yeah. Yeah. It's like stipulate that up front because yeah. 
just naturally the more back and forth and reshoots and stuff just it it's not to be critical it's just naturally kind of oh absolutely yeah. well you lose your love for it and then it's yeah. kind of like oh here's my fourth take they're not approving anything and that energy that passion that fun it's not going to be in the final take is it because your yeah. internal monologue your internal dialogue has changed from when yeah. you picked it off exactly and let's and let's say for whatever reason you're in a you're in a um you're, you're in a category where there does need to be quite specific messaging so going back to say pharmaceuticals where yeah there are, yeah there are quite strict things on what you can and can't say absolutely to communicate that up front work with them to create a script that feels right to them but yeah. you're comfortable with so that that can be done in the first take because if they would have filmed something, you say, no, we're going to need to change it to this, 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 this. It's yeah. just going to gradually get less and less effective and be watered down more and more. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex. There's such great practical tips um, and insights. And I think really focused on small business. And I really appreciate that, you know, ideas that small business owners can can take and run with and, and start to kind of brainstorm and consider that role of influencer or content creator to to really support their businesses as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. I'm, I, I imagine, you know, when I speak to some small business owners, they think that, you know, oh, I can't afford to get a Kardashian. And it's like, no. <laughs> you, you don't, don't need, need to do that. I would actually advise against that. Please you don't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there are there are so many ways that you can, you can do something on a more um, – realistic budget yeah. for a small business um with creators in your in your local area that just yeah gives you gives you such a great suite of content um that you can continue to use as well so um yeah, yeah. amazing i will um pop in the show notes how people can connect with you on instagram and linkedin and tiktok um, yeah. Because I think you know you you give away a lot of amazing tips and and inspiration as well on all your channels. So thank you so much again for joining me today. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.